Eastbound I-5 is slowing now, approaching I-90 on up to about uh, Yesler Way. And you're going to find slowing in the north end from about State Route 526 on up through the Everett area. Now, southbound I-5 in Seattle, North Gateway to I-90 is slow at this hour. And in the south end, State Route 18 on down to the 5th area on southbound I-5, slow at this hour. This report is sponsored by Albertsons and Safeway. NBC News Radio, I'm Lisa Taylor. Wall Street is closing sharply higher, but still posting losses for the week. Stocks rally with the Nasdaq gaining nearly 4% as investors snapped up battered tech shares. At the closing bell, the Dow gained 466 points. The S&P added 93 and the Nasdaq rose 434 points. President Biden is defending his administration's response to the growing baby formula shortage in the U.S. This is a process. We're working on it very, very hard. There's nothing more urgent we're working on than that right now. And I think we're going to be making some significant progress very shortly. Republicans have argued the problem has been growing for some time. The president is pushing state and local officials to dedicate more money from the American Rescue Plan on efforts to make communities safer. It makes a big difference when you know the community. And that's been my approach from day one. That's why we designed the American Rescue Plan, not only to beat the pandemic, but to rebuild our economy, but to restore public safety. He signed the massive COVID economic stimulus bill in March of last year. Biden met with some local officials and police chiefs at the White House and noted the rising tide of violence that grew out of the pandemic. He said cities and counties should use the money to prioritize public safety. Biden argued the money is out there and should be released by governors. The Army says a Florida man is the soldier killed by a bear in Alaska. Staff Sergeant Seth Michael Plant died after he was attacked on Tuesday in a training area of Joint Base Elmendor-Richardson in Anchorage. The attack remains under investigation. Texas authorities are searching for an escaped murderer. Texas Department of Criminal Justice is now offering a $15,000 reward for information leading to the arrest and capture of Gonzalo Lopez. He's accused of stabbing a prison bus driver, taking the wheel, and crashing it. There are now more than 300 law enforcement officers searching an area near the town of Centerville. Lopez had been serving a life sentence for capital murder. He kidnapped and killed a man with a pickaxe back in 2005. You're listening to the latest on NBC News Radio. Earn rewards with every purchase at Safeway. Use your rewards for discounts on groceries or up to $1 off per gallon in gas rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, or Safeway fuel stations. Restrictions and exclusions apply. Learn more at Safeway.com slash for you. And time now for a quick look at our KKNW weather outlook. Tonight, we'll see showers. We'll see a low around 46, mostly cloudy for Saturday, with showers expected and a high near 61 and a low around 50. A rainy Sunday ahead with a high near 62 and a low around 50. Mostly cloudy again for Monday with a high near 60. Here's hoping you have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to KKNW. The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. This program is sponsored by Informed Choice Washington. We need a revolution. There's only one solution.
And welcome to an informed life radio on 1150 AM KKNW in the greater Puget Sound area of Washington State and also streaming live to CHD TV. Welcome. So glad you're here. Extra welcome and thank you to our wonderful donors to Informed Choice Washington and to CHD Children's Health Defense for, you know, their donations to make this possible. We have never in history, I think, seen so many avenues of being able to silence voices. And it's just so great that this show is here, continues to be here two hours a week. And we do our best to bring you information that we feel is really important for you in this day and time to make informed decisions in your life. Um, got two great guests today. Um, in the first hour, I've got Tatiana Obukohanich, who's joining us, and I believe she can uh, come on right now. Um, Tatiana, could you please pronounce her? It's been a little while since you've been on the show, and I'm out of the habit of pronouncing your name. So could you say your last name for me? Tatiana Obukohanich. Obukohanich. Yeah, you know, no matter really how many... Well. Oh, thank you. I don't know how many times I say it. I never quite get it right. But this awesome young woman um, has a PhD in immunology. She's a founding member and immune science educator at Building Bridges in Children's Health, BBCH for short. It's an international online community of parents, health advocates, and doctors dedicated to learning the current science science that supports children's health and healthy immunity. And you can join this fantastic organization yourself. Just go to bbch.community. It's not a .com, it's not a .org, it's a .community. It's a fantastic um, organization. Between 2015 and 2019, she also served on the Board of Physicians for Informed Consent. If you're a doctor out there or a PhD or just a citizen, there's all levels of uh, joining. You can join Physicians for Informed Consent, fantastic organization. Um, Tatiana now has a Substack page that I highly recommend. And that's why I invited you, Tatiana, on the show today, because you've got one that is um, really timely and so important to know for individuals making decisions about healthy immunity, um, what they're going to do. The title of your post is Glutamine, Why This Amino Acid Matters for Gut Barrier Integrity and the Immune System. So first of all, Tatiana, you and I over the past, I don't know, we've known each other quite a while now, for years, um, we've talked a lot about gut barrier integrity and a lot of the things in this post. Could you talk in a general way about, what, uh, about gut barrier integrity and health in general and about the microbiome? Yeah. So I mean, let's start with, uh, with the immune system. And I come from classical immunology training where it was believed that the immune system operates in isolation and nothing, anything, nothing affects it. So you basically just inject something into your body and immune system will mount an immune response, antibody production, and that's all there is to it. And that old school of immunology is dying off. And I've been with some very old professors who were just really trying to keep that view for themselves because that's what their careers were about. So now it is being replaced by a more holistic view and even mainstream science already caught up on that, that the immune system is affected by pretty much everything. We mm -hmm. even have a new science called psychoneuroimmunology, which incorporates pretty much every input 
in your body and how it affects the immune system and how immune system affects other systems. And so gut microbiome is obviously one of the closest, um, one of the closest connections. So we know there is gut immune system connection. And, um, but it's, it's like very general, okay, you have to have healthy gut and you will have healthy immune system, but what are the details, right? The details are important. So one thing that separates immune system from the gut is the lining of the gut, right? And there are uh, cells in, the, in, in that lining that are very tightly connected. So there has to be um, very little space, if, if any space at all, between the um, cell walls of these cells so that things don't just leak into the gut. And we know this um, idea of leaky gut. If something is wrong and these paracellular spaces kind of open up for some reason, mm -hmm. then things start leaking and then the immune system starts reacting to what's leaking in there. If it wasn't, if it stayed in the gut and you have good microbiome that's taking care of the lining mm -hmm. um, and good nutrition, then immune system is not reacting to certain things that it shouldn't really uh, react to. But if things start leaking in and then the immune system could uh, get thrown into a constant cycle of inflammation, and then, you know, when you have this chronic inflammation going on, then all kinds of diseases start um, coming up. Yeah, and I've heard um, Dr. Zach Bush describe it as um, sort of like if you think of Star Wars, like the big, huge ship in space, and it has these hatches that will open up to let in spaceships and then close up before the enemy spaceships can come. And he says the the tight junctions and the, if it, it, it Forgive, or you jump in if I'm describing using the word wrong language here, but they can kind of different environmental exposures will cause them to open up when they shouldn't open up a little too wider than they should and then not be able to reclose properly. And there are some things that can do that and some things that can heal that. So what things can cause your gut barrier to become leaky, to get stuck open and allow these um, things through. Well, so let's let's jump into glutamine right away. Obviously, it's not the okay. only thing, but it's one of the major things that is now being recognized. If um, if there is glutamine deficiency, that will lead to leaky gut because these uh, junctions they're made of proteins. There are certain proteins, and uh, in in the state of glutamine deficiencies, these proteins are not formed correctly. Obviously, there are other things that can also affect it, but glutamine is basically the basis. So mm -hmm. maybe we, we'll just go right into that, what glutamine is and yes. um, why. Yeah. Um, so basically, glutamine is one of the amino acids, and we have uh, 20 of them that incorporate into proteins, and there are others that don't, and they just uh, have a bunch of different functions. So glutamine in, does incorporate into proteins. So you, you get glutamine just by eating meat, protein, whatever. And also your own body makes it because it's so important that you, you need adequate levels of it. So muscle cells um, make glutamine. They're the major source of glutamine in the body. And you find, find a lot of glutamine in your bloodstream as a separate amino acid, free amino acid circulating. Also, even fat cells can do that. Um, but um, the thing is that um, when fat cells are inflamed, we all have fatty tissue and any person, we, we all have it. But um, when fatty tissue is inflamed, as often happens during obesity, then fatty tissue is not producing glutamine anymore. So then it's taken out. There was research on that. 
So uh, mm. then, of course, if a person uh, leads very sedentary life, like doesn't have enough of a muscle mass, then there isn't much of a glutamine production in the body. Um, some moderate exercise is great, which is like building up muscle. However, over-exercise, then it has the opposite effect. It actually starts consuming more glutamine. Muscles start consuming glutamine more than they produce. So, and that's the reason why um, glutamine supplementation is often implemented for athletes because they mm -hmm. know if if they're not taking glutamine supplements something will happen to their gut there was actually a research on hmm. the effects on the gut and the gut becomes leaky right away when they over exercise so it, it's it's a very clear connection there so yeah. um so athletes do take glutamine supplement or something else whey protein is another way of managing yeah. um gut berry integrity so those are the two supplements that uh, athletes do uh, take uh, regular people, you know, those who don't overexercise to that extent, maybe don't have to, but then you still have to monitor mm -hmm. what's going on with that. And now that we, now let's address that from the side of the immune system. So when the immune system is activated, so you have this uh, process of um, cells starting proliferating the immune system, that's usually the first step in activation immune system eats up a lot of glutamine as well, just like the muscle during exercise. So that's why it's called immunonutrient is absolutely important for the support of the immune system in its activated state. So mm -hmm. let's say when you have an infection, your glutamine goes down because the immune system is eating it up. And also you are kind of um, not necessarily bedridden, but you usually you feel tired and you like don't move much. So you are inactive and your immune system is eating up a lot of glutamine. Obviously, when somebody gets a vaccine, it's also like a big inflammatory process that has started. Uh, nobody tells people maybe to supplement glutamine during that time to maybe stay off um, some of the negative effects of glutamine depletion. Uh, physical trauma that causes some serious illness can also do that, can also open up gut barrier. There were, there were studies in mice where they would induce traumatic brain injury just under experimental conditions. So they just do something to the brain in the mouse and then gut barrier opens up like what is the wow. connection right wow Again, that's... So some inflammatory process starts and then it immediately affects the gut and the gut opens up interesting um a couple of questions what's the relationship if any between glutamine and glutathione so these are two different things so glutathione does not necessarily um, no, this, the glutathione does not contain glutamine. It, it is composed of three different amino acids, which is mm -hmm. glutamate, um, cysteine, and glycine. Um, so when we are in the state of inflammation, it is possible that glutathione will just get depleted for some other reasons because mm -hmm. um, there is oxidative stress that might be going on as well at the same time. But it's not really, yeah, I can understand that there is like a similarity, a linguistic similarity, but it's yeah. not, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure if there was a relationship there, even if the amino acids uh, were different. Um, I early It's been a little while since I've looked at all the research, but early on with COVID, I had looked deeply at glutathione, glutathione depletion, and especially how our immune systems use glutathione to to fight viral replication. And we do become, we do use a lot of uh, glutathione. So it seems like there are probably a host of, of nutrients or uh, amino acids and, and um, uh, 
uh, antioxidants that in the state of illness, we become depleted on and can easily maybe then exacerbate our symptoms um, or have other symptoms come on board if we're not replenishing them at the time right. of illness. Yeah. And, you know, it's like we can get into another disaster by thinking that we need 200 different bottles of various supplements. Yeah, it's true. Why is it that, you know, like human humans existed for millions of years and somehow everything worked out well without yeah. having all of that? So why is it that all of a sudden now things are different? So let me just explain what changed a little bit in okay. our environment. And um, so um, maybe I'll just <laughs> show this book and people will recognize it. Toxic Legacy. Toxic no, Legacy by Stephanie Seneff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Glyphosate. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, this book talks a little bit about how glyphosate affects microbiome. And um, so we know glyphosate is not just a herbicide, but it's also, it's sort of like an antibiotic because it inhibits the same pathway in plants as in certain bacteria. And so there are certain bacteria that are sensitive to glyphosate, and those are usually the good ones, the lactobacteria, all the good the uh, good bacteria that we have in our microbiome. But then there are others that are resistant to glyphosate, and those are E. coli and Prevotella yeah. at the least. Wow. And, and so, I just yeah, want so to add real, yeah. real, real quick here. A couple years ago, I don't remember the date, but you know, because of antibiotic resistance, researchers are trying to find new things to use as antibiotic. They actually looked at glyphosate, but then I didn't hear anything about it. There was research done on it. I bet you what happened was they found out that the glyphosate only kills the good bugs and it leaves behind the bad bugs or some of the bad bugs. And, you yeah, know, there are several. I, I think, yeah. yeah. I think it is known to be an antibiotic um, and even patented as, as, sorry, as an antimicrobial. Yes, it's patented mm -hmm. that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it doesn't and, but mean it, it's. Go ahead. Yeah. You cannot use it, probably, you cannot use it in the amounts that would be required as actual antibiotic. It probably will be very toxic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but basically where I'm getting to, so in the past, in the old days, we had very diverse microbiome. Now, we don't. And uh, glyphosate can, can actually slash microbiome by half because 54% of gut microbiome is sensitive to, to that. So, um, and... Um, then, you know, different bacteria have different components of their cell walls. And one of those components is called LPS, lipopolysaccharides, so all gram-negative bacteria have that. However, LPS is not the same between different species. And some species have LPS that is very pro-inflammatory. So if the immune system is uh, getting in, con in contact with, with, this, uh, with LPS, for example, from E. coli, the immune system starts pumping out pro-inflammatory cytokines. And so uh, that's where, you know, all this inflammation starts. But then there are other bacteria, other gram-negative bacteria, and their LPS is actually anti-inflammatory. And so imagine in the old days where our microbiome was very diverse and most likely was predominated by species where LPS was anti-inflammatory. And so let's say you have a um, infection, you know, natural infection and glutamine is depleted, and your gut is open, the LPS that would be leaking, you know, thousands of years ago would be actually anti-inflammatory. So it would be actually stopping the immune system or like putting a certain break on it. So eventually things would uh, come down and you'll go back into homeostasis. Now what happens if you get sick with something from even from outside, 
the um, you know the barrier opens and whatever what leaks is actually pro-inflammatory LPL. So it's like putting more gas on, on the fire, and wow. it becomes uh, not a self-limiting process, but a continuous process. Wow. And so I'm going to kind of put this in in some layman terms here, as I understand it. Let me know if I get it right. Um, in, we're, in eating a modern diet, eating non-organic wheat, which is sprayed with Roundup before harvest, so it's loaded with glyphosate and all these other non-organic products, and even some organic products are contaminated now with glyphosate. It's in the rainwater. It's so systemic. So we're all exposed to this. We're taking it in our water, our food, everything we're exposed to, unless we're very, very careful. It's going in and it's destroying about a little more than half of our gut bacteria because of its antimicrobial properties. And it tends to kill off the good stuff and leave the stuff with the bad LPS behind. And in it's impairing the the integrity of the um, the lining of the gut. So we're getting this leaky gut. And so you've already got, before you're even exposed to sickness, exposed to a virus, he, Americans walking around are already in a, in a iffy state with their health, with this happening. Yeah, and then you add like, the virus. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah, it's like sitting on a volcano and then just a little spark and it starts. Um, yeah, so it's the state of the microbiome is already predisposing people that any little um, external impact might end up as a disaster. And in the past, it didn't have to be that way. Yeah, it seems like nature had set it up so that um, it had a built-in uh, safeguard, like you said, a healing mechanism when you're in balance. And, and again, I remember an interview with Zach Bush where he talked about doing an experiment on, um, I don't remember the details, so don't quote my details, but the general story is a very um, healthy, like a tribe in Africa somewhere that was living close to the earth, still hunting and, and, you know, living in the earth and nothing processed. And he said they would give them an antibiotic and it wouldn't touch them. Their biomes, they could like have a jar of antibiotics and it couldn't touch their biomes because it was so rich and their biomes matched the soil it matched the animal and matched their whole environment and ours is what we've lost all diversity in in this modern lifestyle that we have um you know COVID's done a lot of things including hopefully helping people become even more aware of just how precarious our health is and how we need to make changes. Okay, so here we are. We've got leaky guts. We've got the bad bacteria sitting there um, with the LPS and, and then what? Well, then the question is, how do we turn this around? And that's that's all, all yeah. the people are looking for answers. How do we yes. store our microbiome? How do we... Um, yeah, heal the leaky gut. So that's that's probably it's not just one thing, but it's going to be a bunch of different things. Maybe little steps from various directions. Yeah, definitely. But hey, before we go there, because I'd like to spend some time talking about the various lifestyle changes that can be made to improve that. Um, your post also talked about um, MIS C, the um, multi-system inflammatory syndrome. Uh, 
syndrome in children. Mm-hmm. And there's been a lot of talk in the news because they've there's been some cases of Miss C from in children from COVID. But there's also been a lot of recorded uh, uh, reported cases of Miss C in children who get um, the shots, the COVID shots. Mm-hmm. So how does glutathione um, play a role in this inflammatory syndrome? Do you mean glutathione or glutamine? Um, glutamine. I apologize. Glutamine. Yeah, that was the <laughs> language thing. My 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 brain grabbed the wrong word. Thank you. Well, glutathione is important for that too, but glutamine yes. is what we're talking about today. Glutamine. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so that study that uh, you pointed to, which is like the first one that's described in my post. So that was about natural COVID infection at the time. Um, I think that was like the first year of the um, of the. Uh, the disease. So um, in that particular case, what they found, it seemed like those kids who did end up with this MIS-C disease, which is multi, uh, multi-system inflammatory syndrome, they had um, COVID giving them a lot of GI symptoms. So it wasn't so as much respiratory as it was GI. And it is known that COVID virus can replicate in the gut so gut cells do have ACE2 receptors. So they're one of the highest in ACE2 receptors. So that's understandable. But obviously not every person replicates it to that extent in the gut that then they have multi-system uh, disease. Now, another paper that came up um, at some point, which I find it's fascinating, but I think it will need some more follow-up and study that it is very possible that this virus, this COVID virus, can actually infect some bacteria because what they were able to do is to continue replicating the virus in a stool sample outside of the body. So they were culturing stool sample and everybody makes a face when they say that. Um, But it's basically that viral titers were growing instead of going away. So it seems like um, this virus has double capacity to infect human cells or like mammalian cells, but it also can affect bacteria and be like a bacteriophage, which is very unusual because usually it's, um, you know, these are very different types of viruses, but there's interesting possibility for COVID virus to be also a bacteriophage in some way. And so who knows if it infects a specific bacteria and maybe some people have it and some people don't, and maybe that's where the link is, where, you know, some people sustain this prolonged uh, COVID um, replication and others get get over that really quickly. And mm-hmm. so if this, the virus is replicating a kind of hiding in bacteria, immune system can't get, get at it. So immune system can kill virally infected cells of its own cost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how, you know, viruses eventually are um, um, eradicated from the body. But it cannot really get to the micro to the lumen of the microbiome in the gut and do something there. So that's why um, you know this disease can take a long time, or like inflammation goes on and on and on. And so what they found in that study, so obviously there is a certain standard of treatment for Miss C like diseases, and that would be IVAG and steroids to just uh, um, get kind of put a break on inflammation in this very powerful and suppressing way. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they didn't really have that much um, uh, um, 
that much um, success with it because they would treat them, the you know the patients with these with IVIG and steroids, and then it would still go up again inflammation, and they would do it again. So basically, what they ended up doing with one patient is they added a um, investigative drug that would close the gut barrier. So um, the drug was acting as antagonist of zonulin, and those who are into gut barrier integrity, they know what zonulin is. It's basically a marker of um, open, open gut barrier. So when um, zonulin um, binds to zonulin receptors, um, the paracellular space opens up. But if you add an antagonist that would prevent that interaction, then they stay closed. And so they managed to close the barrier uh, of that one patient with this particular investigational drug. And what happened is that the spike protein, which they in the past could detect in the serum, circulating in the serum, disappeared and inflammation disappeared. And that was given much better and more sustained resolution than IVAG and steroids alone. So something was indeed leaking from the gut where the virus was replicating. And once the barrier could be closed, then inflammation resolved. So that's for natural infection. Mm -hmm. um, when it lodges in the gut or in the, even in the microbiome. Now for vaccines, we know it's a little bit different because vaccines are injected. So they're not, they're bypassing the gut. So even if you close the gut barrier, that's still in you. And mm -hmm. so certain cells in our bodies express uh, spike protein. Also, there was a study showing that these cells shed exosomes with spike protein. And exosomes are little uh, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say organelles, but pieces of cells of cell mem membrane with a little bit of cytoplasmic content that just circulate everywhere. And, so, and they have spike protein in them, which is expressed and packaged into these exosomes. And so now these exosomes circulate and spike Protein is actually shown to be an inflammagen. It directly stimulates inflammation. So it interacts with cells um, that have toll-like receptors, and mm -hmm. those directly lead to pro-inflammatory cytokines. So, and now you can't even close the gut barrier because it's already in you. Wow. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah so there are <laughs> headache, like at least yeah. with natural infection, we know what, what to do to, right. to separate like from the immune system, but now it's like, it's already inside. Okay. Yeah. That's very concerning. Anytime you, um, you go around the way nature does things, it, all of these problems that are unforeseen, untested, unanticipated, or maybe they should have been, but weren't. Um, I do want to point out to listeners that there is a product. I don't know if it would work. I'm just throwing it out there, but there is a product by, and I keep bringing up Zach Bush because he's kind of one of the leading uh, voices and researchers. He's a triple board certified MD. It's called Ion Biome, um, and it's a natural product. It's um, a carbon derivative that you can get, and it closes tight junctions. Now, whether or not it would, um, you know, do the trick if somebody's experiencing something as serious as, as that Miss um, C. I, I don't know, but he often talks about, was it the zonulin? Is that the word? Um, I haven't read the science on how his product, the carbon molecule works, but 
It works in that same area to close the tight junctions. Um, so anyway, it's just something out there. I would, I hope some studies are being done on the natural products as well as these probably patented, very expensive drugs. <laughs> um, oh, actually, to, like once we're on this topic, I would add there is something that is dirt cheap, something like called humic acid, and it comes from humus, from from the dirt, from like this good quality soil. Yes. So there were studies done um, mainly for agricultural research for animals um, mm -hmm. because it was noticed that when animals are exposed to glyphosate and it kills certain beneficial bacteria, then something else overgrows, such as a botulism. So they start getting botulism, um, you know, poisoning a cattle. Mm -hmm. So then the study was about adding humic acid to their, um, hmm. you know, uh, food. And um, what what was noticed is that humic acid is actually somehow traps glyphosate and prevents it from killing off the bacteria or killing off the microbiome. So wow. humic acid, which is pretty much the dirt, the good dirt, and there are probably some supplements. <laughs> Get a dirt um, supplement. Made of, <laughs> yes, not made out of dirt. So, and, and that, that's also available. Wow. Or, yeah, I mean, it just shows the importance of living close to the earth, close, close to the soil and getting yeah, your hands and that's in the dirt. Like people, uh, kids who play with the dirt and put it into their mouth, they end up being healthier. Well, maybe yeah. that's humic acid doing that and yeah. supporting their microbiome. Yeah. Wow. That is that is so exciting. So we did, we, we came back to things that heal. So humic acid, dirt, good, clean, glyphosate-free organic dirt. <laughs> Um, and of course, another thing that you talk about in your post is obviously avoiding any food that has been treated with or used glyphosate, Roundup, any of these products used in the production of the food. And what a lot of people look, they look for non-GMO, um, which is a start, but you have to check to see how that product is harvested because non-GMO wheat is sprayed just before harvest as a desiccant to dry it up to quickly be able to harvest it. And the residue of glyphosate in that wheat, even though it's non-GMO, is through the roof. And a lot of your grains, uh, you know, a lot of grains are harvested this way with glyphosate. And then the legume products are very high. I believe chickpeas, garbanzo beans, they're some of the highest contaminated foods if you're not getting them organic. And these aren't GMO. It's just how the products are harvested and, and treated when they're growing ends up with so much residue in there. Um, so avoiding foods and really there's a lot of websites that will list like the top dirty dozen foods to avoid. Um, if you're, you know, can't afford to go fully organic, it tells you what things to avoid and to never eat if they're not organic. Um, so what else is there? So there's avoiding bad foods and choosing the healthy foods. What else um, do you know that helps with the gut? Okay. So one thing, because we're talking about inflammation and pro-inflammatory cytokines that keep immune system in basically activated state, um, the, again, we can overdo being so stressed out about avoiding glyphosated foods that we just keep ourselves in distress and stress is actually also inducing inflammation. Wow, so there okay. were experiments even in mice where they put them under stressful conditions and then the interleukin-6, which is one of these 
pro-inflammatory cytokines would go up just from being stressed out. So I guess you have to kind of do a balance. So there are situations where it's um, practical and easy to avoid glyphosate foods, glyphosated mm-hmm. foods, and there are situations where not. But if you're so stressed out about, you know, avoiding it, then you get your disease some other way. So mm-hmm. it's, um, yeah, I hear it's what you're saying. And common sense. Yeah, yeah. And um, I suppose just maybe, <laughs> I don't know, try to, what, what I like to do is I've always got a bottle. I'm, I'm not pitching. I don't get any um, money for for Bush's Ion Biome, uh, formerly called Restore. But sometimes what I'll do, if I know it's likely contaminated with glyphosate and I can't avoid it, I'll just put a splash of the product in there. And um, anyway, and some, there's a lot of alcohol that's very high. So if it's not an alcohol that's imported or I know is made with bad stuff, I'll just put a splash of that in my beer and <laughs> make sure it... Okay, probably too much information here. But... Um, yeah. So avoiding stress. Exactly. That is so huge. So many people have talked about that, that the, the government response to COVID has done more damage simply if you just look at stress alone to what it has done. And there was just, I was looking at something that was um, in Washington state in the news recently, uh, an article, and it was ramping up fear again, COVID numbers up. I'm like, are you kidding me? It was just huge. I mean, at some point, what's the breaking point for humans where they just can't live in that level of stress anymore. Okay. So we're going to, you know, let's just think through this because this actually has a pretty clear explanation. So you're already in in an inflammatory state that your body, your immune system is producing to deal with the virus, there's certain amount of inflammation that is necessary, but if it's too much, then it's too much. And now stress, like in, a, in addition to, um, to the inflammatory process itself, you also have extra inflammation from stress, from the stress mm-hmm. that can take you over the top. And it's very clear that people who feel very anxious and stressed out during disease may fear worse. And I do remember that when I was a kid and the doctor, my doctor would visit me and she was just such a nice person that I would feel better, right? Just after her mm-hmm. visit, because she would kind of calm me down and calm my mom down and said, that's fine. That's not a serious thing. You'll get mm-hmm. over it. And, and so that, that alone kind of heals you faster. Yes. So we have to, to remember that that's a, maybe it's called placebo effect because it just, um, you know, not that placebo pill, but sort of like a good yeah. effect on you versus mm-hmm. a placebo effect when you're stressed on top of whatever else is happening, then the outcome could be very different. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's really amazing. And it's funny how people really readily understand and agree with stress can cause you to get ill. It can increase your susceptibility to illness and it can bring on illness of its own. People don't have trouble accepting that. I think what people have trouble accepting more is the reverse. If you let go of fear, your body can heal, you know, and it's less susceptible to disease. For some reason, that feels woo-woo, weird to some people, but it is well, so maybe very true. Say, you can say like um, it's less susceptible to a bad outcome. Yeah. From a disease. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. The the right attitude. Attitude is so important. And, you know, um, we, we need some really big regime changes in this nation at public health when the head of the CDC goes on, you know, international TV and says, I'm so afraid. I'm going to go off script here now. Then she glances down at her script and talks about how afraid she is. And then says, but golly, we've got three great vaccines to save us. I mean, it was just hysterical. But, you know, I mean, good healers, good doctors, good public health people, they don't push fear. They push practical steps you can do to stay calm, to address things, to, right, we're going to get through it. So tired of the pushing of this fear. Um, yeah, so we're going to eat well. We're going to avoid stress. Um, we're going to enjoy life. That's important. Enjoy life, music, our families. Uh, sorry, I just got distracted. I think some rain's starting here. <laughs> Gonna get out into nature. We're gonna eat a little good dirt, <laughs> or not be afraid to to get in the dirt. Uh, is there anything else you can think of while we're on that topic here? Now you said I agree with you that supplements can get out of hand. That you know we really want to be living that good, healthy life. Um, it, it's not as easy probably as it once was because we live such processed lives and exposed to so much that we can't avoid. Um, so are, yeah, are so there with supplements, you know, everybody has to decide for themselves mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just, you got feeling where you should take a supplement or not. One thing to be really careful is about binders and fillers in those supplements, because mm -hmm. who knows what they are doing to microbiome. And, um, I've been looking into some, um, I wouldn't say um, so. There's there is a clinic in Hungary that does a certain specific type of diet to heal people, mm -hmm. and they notice that if people on top of that diet that is recommended by their clinic add supplements because they can't let go of the thing, there's something missing in in the food anyway. So let me just take a supplement. Their healing takes much longer. It's like there's something in supplements that is probably screwing up microbiome all these binders and fillers and so it takes actually longer to recover than uh, if you let go of that so if you know somebody has to do supplements maybe try to find the ones that don't have these additional uh, what, what is called uh, you know inert ingredients so mm -hmm. they call them inactive ingredients but who knows mm -hmm. what they're doing to microbiome nothing is inactive yeah and and there's a lot of studies out there too that show you recover from, like, if you take antibiotics and your gut biome is kind of destroyed and you need to rebuild, that it seems counterintuitive. But if you take supplements, the, um, help me out here. Why can't I think of the name of the, um, the probiotics? If you take those, um, it takes longer to recover than if you don't. It's interesting that there's several studies out there that show this. And some of the theory is just, I mean, because you're supposed to have millions of types of different strains. Um, you're supposed to have that diversity. And the supplements give you at best a half dozen, you know, and if you combine products, you might, you know, get a dozen, if you're lucky, I think, um, a dozen out of instead of millions. So, yeah, and then they might be even suppressing something 
in your gut that is trying to revive itself because mm-hmm. they're overpowering possibly mm-hmm. yeah so when you, have you done some research about the sort of diets i'd like the one that you mentioned um what sort of diets are best at rebuilding your biome um so like I'm still looking a little bit product by product because they, they're still, they, um, whatever you can find on PubMed, they still like to try to do one variable at a time. Mm. Uh, but uh, what was found with Moringa, now Moringa is pretty famous. Yeah, it's like uh, powder from the leaves. Um, um, so that can you, increases. Uh, it's called Moringa. Um, no, I cannot spell it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's Moringa. Moringa. Um, okay. Moringa. So yeah, that, so that was studied in mice and it showed that after one month of giving mice Moringa, um, uh, it increased their mice diversity in, in mice biome. So okay. maybe by extension, it would, it will help humans as well. And I'm, I'm always on the lookout of what increases microbial diversity. So mm-hmm. that, that one me can incorporate basically to offset glyphosate and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so interestingly, you know how it says one apple per day or two apples per day. I don't know how many now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, interesting research um, on bifidobacteria that they're the ones that are providing uh, specific substances called butyrate um, that is really good for the lining of the of the gut. So they're mm. also trying to keep the gut in a in a closed state. Butyrate. So this bifidogenic. There are bifidogenic foods, and one of them is apple pulp treated with acid. And I'm thinking, how do you get apple pulp treated with acid? Maybe when it passes through your stomach, you know, it gets treated with acid. So by the time it gets down there, it's like it becomes bifidogenic. So apples. Okay. And yeah, there are, there are other things as well that um, usually it's a certain kind of pectin from mm-hmm. uh, very common foods. And we, we may not even think about those foods as good for the gut because they're not so well publicized or made into supplements, mm-hmm. but they're out there and mm-hmm. people ate them in the past and stayed healthy. They did, they did. And, you know, I was thinking, um, oh, a couple years ago about vitamin D. And I was like, okay, so now everybody's about vitamin D supplementation. And obviously there's a huge correlation between susceptibility to any illness, but specifically viral illness and low vitamin D levels. You get it from the sunshine. If you live in a, depends on your latitude, you don't always have all year round access to enough sunshine to make vitamin D. So like, how did people survive before supplementation? And there were two food groups that we rarely eat anymore or don't eat enough of. Um, One is like mushrooms. There's a diversity of mushrooms that are high in vitamin D. People used to forage and, you know, and that would sometimes be getting you through the winter at times. You'd be getting your, and there's probably other plants that are rich in it, but I just remember the mushrooms. And the other is organ meats. We don't tend to eat the full animal anymore. And a lot of us, we don't like the organ meats and the, and of animals, but there's a lot of vitamin D in there. So we lost that, those foods that would get us through that winter until we could get back out in the sunshine again. Um, yeah. Well, there is another uh, thing about vitamin D deficiency is that 
there are studies that LPS, the one that we talked about, mm-hmm. when it interacts with the immune system, it actually upregulates enzymes that degrade vitamin D. Oh, wow. So then you have this inflammation or inflammation coming from the gut, which is continuous, which constantly degrades your vitamin D. So it's like having, like, if you eat a little bit mushroom here and there, it may not be enough to replenish just because it mm-hmm. runs, runs out on the other side much mm-hmm. more. And usually people who um, have these pre-existing chronic conditions that are diabetes, metabolic syndrome, they're the ones that are low vitam- in vitamin D, not necessarily that they don't get enough from the diet, or maybe they don't, but it's just their their enzyme uh, is there, certain SIP enzymes that are chrome P that's constantly degrading their vitamin D. So now you have this um, uh, association between low vitamin D status and severe COVID. Mm-hmm. And those happen to be people who are already coming into COVID with their pre-existing information. So now you see why that is the case. And vitamin D is super important as a break on the immune system is actually it's anti-inflammatory in the immune system. Yeah, and some of you describe vitamin D as like, it acts like a lock to a lot of um, cellular functions. Am I saying that right? And without vitamin D, a lot of body processes don't work or don't work well if you're low in it. Um, Well, for the sake of the immune system, certainly vitamin D plays a role in many different things, including the bones and and the teeth and everything. But for immune system, it acts as a brake. So imagine your car has a gas pedal and a brake pedal. What if your car doesn't have a brake pedal? Okay, Mm. you can still start, but then you're rolling out of control. You're basically um, not Mm going to make it where you're going. Yeah. Wow. That is so important. Such good. Con- I've, I've so missed um, all these great conversations with you, Ted, Tiana. I love how everything gets connected. It seems like all, all these different areas that you explore, that I love to explore, they all begin to integrate. They just all weave together. There's such an overlapping of, of things. And like at the beginning of the program, you were talking about how it, the old school thought about the immune system was that it worked separately from the rest of the body. Now it seems kind of crazy that anybody would think your immune system could possibly not be really intimately (laughs) impacted by everything else going on in the body, you know, and the way they, the compartmentalizing of it. And then like with the, the C19 shots in particular, where the we were being promised that, oh yeah, we're going to inject it here and it's going to stay there. Nothing stays. <laughs> well, you know, there's not like a big wall to <laughs> keep it there. And especially the, okay, I'm not going to go off into the negative with that, but I, I love the way um, everything becomes so interconnected. And the more you know, and the more you learn about it, it, it just makes you feel so much more confident and kind of excited about making healthy choices when you know what it's doing. Because people say, eat your grains, eh, and you not, might not like them. But when you begin to really understand the nutrients in the, in, in the greens, in the apples, and what they're doing in the gut, and how they're helping build the gut biome and keep gut integrity intact, it just makes you sort of look at this apple with, with a sense of wonder, <laughs> 
and appreciate it all the more. And um, yeah. Yeah, so like with, with, when we started the immune system, we can go in two directions. One is this sense of, oh, to see like the more we understand how complex it is, the more we um, respect it and maybe yes. want to leave it alone and not, um, you know, um, tinker with it. Mm -hmm. Or on the other hand, there is a different mindset is that, okay, now that we know this little detail about immune system, how can we monopolize, like, how can we capitalize and how we can monetize this? What kind of supplement can we sell people based on this or vaccines or whatever? So, yeah, yeah, it's like you choose what you want to do with that knowledge. But my mentor was always saying that God made immune system to work. God, she didn't make the immune system to be studied, but we (laughs) we are, you know, interfering with lots of things by trying to understand it and use our limited understanding to start tinkering with it. Yeah, there have been a lot of moments in history where we've tinkered and have big oops moments and then confessions of, well, we really didn't understand what we were doing then why did you do it, you know? And sometimes these oops don't come fast enough. No, they don't come fast enough. And then egos are involved and money's involved. And, and I, you know, one of the hardest things um, to do, like you said, once there's a discovery made, people rush in for good, for bad, for greed, whatever, a whole ec- economy can be built up around that. And then even when knowledge base has changed and we learn, oh, well, yeah, this, but that, that, and that too, the people who have that economic model based on the old knowledge, they don't want to let it go. And they fight to preserve that. And so making progress can be very difficult. That's really where we are right now with the entire vaccine paradigm. Um, It's my stance from the research I've done over many, many years that the whole concept of giving a tiny little bit of injection, and and they get so much more complicated now than they ever used to be, in order to try to trick the body into um, not developing full symptoms to disease, that is no longer supported by the current understanding of of what is health and how to build health and even the role of infection and the role of disease in in helping you develop a a good healthy immune system we cannot live in bubbles anyway i just am fascinated by it but we do have this trillion dollar economic model that vaccine model that is proving to be really dangerous right now and it, it has to stop. It has to real science. We need scientific integrity and public health policy. So we've got about two more minutes. So I would like you to tell listeners and viewers uh, where they can find you um, on your platforms and BBCH and all that. Okay. Well, people can start uh, by looking at Substack. Right? It's Immunology for Daily Living Substack. It's free, so they can... Um, read all this, what we just discussed, if just to, as a refresher, and there are some other articles there, and I'm occasionally writing something new. And from there, I do have links to bbch.community, and that's just our, um, maybe it's a closer community where we discuss things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are meeting for study groups, we study um, some textbooks or 
um, maybe something um, like of a lesser, maybe a little bit more for lay people to get into the science to understand the immune system. So, uh, so we are, we are a nice bunch of people that yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. So how often does your BBCH community get together? We are getting once a week for study groups and once a month for just a more general topic that usually I bring to the mm -hmm. to the table for discussion. So that's um, yeah, we, we like to do it regularly. Yeah, and and give listeners an idea of like what sort of books have you um, taken on and the whole group read and mm -hmm. then talked about together. Right. So we we covered immunology, of course. We, we covered epigenetics, uh, we, uh, what else we covered? It's, it's all on our website, it's kind of in the archives. Mm -hmm. so, um, so right now we are doing glyphosate, the book by Dr. Stephanie, and we are looking forward to whatever the community will come up with, whatever interest will show up. Um, I'm really interested in looking into exosomes and understanding that because uh, you know, vaccine uh, vaccine expressed spike is hijacking exosome system, and who mm -hmm. knows how else it's screwing it up. So we need to know what exosomes are doing for us. So maybe that's something for the future to look into. Yeah, and you know, our next guest coming up is going to be Christina Parks, PhD, who I met through BBCH, um, and she has some great insights. We're going to be spending the next hour talking about, you know, some of these uh, vaccine shot injuries and what she's learned and, and the help um, that they're trying to build for the individuals impacted. Um, yeah, so the address again is bbch.community. And also go to Substack and look for Immunology for Daily Living, Immunology for Daily Living, and then you will find uh, these two great resources. Um, I, I have enjoyed, uh, I'm so glad you started a Substack. That has been such a great resource. There's some amazing authors on there. Now, I love to go explore what they have. There's not enough hours in the day to read, I tell you. <laughs> and I do have to make sure I get outside enough and get into that good dirt to get my, what did you say it was? The humic acid? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to get exposure to that. Um, I think that our hour's about up. I'm not hearing the music, but I think that Eric is, oh, there it is. Eric's going to be playing us off here. <laughs> so, Tatiana, thank you for joining us on an Informed Life Radio. You take care. Thank you for having me been listening to an Inform Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. We'll be back after this break. Hi, I'm Lynn Redwood, president of the nonprofit Children's Health Defense. Our chairman, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., and our entire team are devoted to ending the epidemic of illnesses and disorders plaguing our children today. Through legal action, we're working to hold industries and government agencies accountable and to establish safeguards to prevent further harm. We're working overtime during this COVID-19 crisis to keep you informed about the politics and science of rush vaccine candidates. Freedom and our children's futures have never been more in jeopardy, but we can succeed. With your help, we can stop the devastation and give our children and grandchildren the healthy future they deserve. To learn more about what we're doing and how you can help, Visit childrenshealthdefense.org and sign up for our free news. Please visit childrenshealthdefense.org today. 
The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guest, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the hosts of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KNUC 98.9 HD3 Seattle. Well, good afternoon. Eric Ryder here with you on KKNW. We are taking a quick look at our traffic. Northbound I-5 from South Graham to Yesler is slow at this hour. We're finding congestion a little further north between 526 uh, through the Everett area on northbound I-5. Southbound I-5, you're going to find congestion from about Northgate Way on down to I-90. Then you'll find some slowing at South Center to about South 200. And then it's slow South End Federal Way through 5. Then again, uh, you're going to find a little bit of slowing on southbound 167 from Auburn off and on down to the Puyallup area. 405 congestion now southbound through Bellevue and Newcastle. Northbound finding slowing in the Renton S curves. NBC News Radio, I'm Brian Shook. A House panel is investigating the nationwide baby formula shortage. The Oversight Committee is pressing manufacturers on steps they're taking to address the issue. Democrats, including committee chair Carolyn Maloney, requested documents about the shortage from the heads of four formula companies. President Biden says he talked with the leaders of Finland and Sweden as they may join NATO. We had a good conversation and they expressed their interest and desires relating to security. He did not elaborate during a chat with reporters at the White House. Finland and Sweden are reportedly angling to join NATO after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Russian President Putin has threatened Finland with unspecified retaliation if it joins NATO. Wall Street is closing sharply higher but still posting losses for the week. Stocks rallied with the Nasdaq gaining nearly 4% as investors snapped up battered tech shares. So far, the Dow and S&P 500 have avoided bear territory despite the recent market slide. Chris Rock continues to tiptoe around the infamous Oscar slap while out on his current comedy tour. Lisa Taylor reports. The Times of London reported the comedian quipped during his show at Royal Albert Hall Thursday, I'm okay if anybody was wondering. I got most of my hearing back. While out on the Ego Death World Tour, Rock has joked about waiting for a Netflix special to discuss the incident that saw Will Smith strike him across the face on stage at the Academy Awards. At Thursday's show, he joked, anyone who says words hurt has never been punched in the face. Smith was banned from attending the Oscars for the next decade following the slap. I'm Lisa Taylor. Delaware State University is filing a formal civil rights complaint with the U.S. Department of Justice over a traffic stop in Georgia. The move comes after DSU's women's lacrosse team had their bus and personal belongings searched last month. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. Tim's taxes were an unbelievably tangled mess. The IRS just wouldn't work with me. Then Optima got involved, and I mean they really got involved. Optima Tax Relief is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and they've resolved over $1 billion for their clients. It's like having two lives, the one before Optima Tax and the one after. Do what Tim did. Call Optima now for a free consultation. Call 800-953-1788. 800-953-1788. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. And time now for a quick look at our KKNW weather outlook. Tonight, we'll see showers. We'll see a low around 46. Mostly cloudy for Saturday. With showers expected and a high near 61 and a low around 50. A rainy Sunday ahead with a high near 62 and a low around 50. Mostly cloudy again for Monday with a high near 60.
Here's hoping you have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to KKNW. The views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. This program is sponsored by Informed Choice Washington. We need a Hello and welcome back to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW in the greater Puget Sound region and also streaming live to chd.tv. We're so glad to be here. So grateful for this opportunity to bring you really important information to help you live an informed life and make those important decisions that you need to make for yourself and your loved ones. Um, last hour, we had the fabulous uh, Tatiana Opukhanich and I always say her name wrong, but I just adore her. She brings such a wealth of knowledge. She's always learning, always studying, um, sharing all that she has. Um, so I'm going to one more time, bbch.community, check it out, and also look for uh, immunity for daily living on Substack and see what great information she has to offer. Um, uh, I, another gal that I actually met um, in the BBCH forum is our next guest today. Her name is Christina Parks. Um, welcome to an Inform Life Radio, Christina. Good evening. Hi. I'm just going to tell listeners real quick that you have a PhD in cellular and molecular biology from the University of Michigan. And currently, you are active educating and advocating on the scientific integrity of public health policy for all things COVID. I've seen you everywhere, so eloquent, so passionate, especially about early treatment access and COVID shot injuries. Um, you've been speaking at the Defeat the Mandates events. You were at at least one, maybe more of the Senator Johnson roundtables. Those have been fantastic. Um, and I did get to see you personally, but I didn't get the opportunity to like say hi or hug you in D.C. at the Defeat the Mandates D.C. in January. I was going to say, where was that? I don't remember seeing you, but it's like so much overwhelm. There's like so many yes. people. If you saw someone in the corner, it, you know, like. Yeah. Like no, you, you were up there on stage and I, you know, I had the chills when you were sp speaking because there was such passion coming from your heart at that event uh, for everything. So just so grateful for you. Always grateful for people who are willing to stand up and, and speak the truth. And this is, this is where change comes from. Um, so here we are. Welcome. Uh, we connected recently in a social media discussion. It's like, oh, Christina, I've got a spot to fill. You got to come on. Um, that was over the ivermectin. So in the state of Tennessee, where I am, there's now a law that is in effect where uh, you can go to a pharmacy if steps have been taken, and I'll explain those in a minute, and you can purchase ivermectin over the counter from a pharmacist. Um, it, it's just beginning to be put in place because this is private business has to set it up. So a, a physician and a pharmacist can enter a collaborative agreement 
Um, they have to set up certain protocols and have screening tools and that sort of thing and have fact sheets available for customers. But once this is in place, you can go up to a pharmacy counter and say you want to buy ivermectin and you they do this little consultation and then you can make your purchase. Wow. It's really cool. Yeah. Of course, you know, they, the, the law and these agreements encourage you to see your doctor. It's not a sub, substitute for seeing a doctor. It just ensures that citizens um, have quick and easy access to safe human forms of ivermectin. That's it. Um, and it was just this Wednesday, the first pharmacy got it in place in Tennessee, up in Johnson City, and I got to be the first customer. So I was the first to buy. I'm so excited. Yeah, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And all of the fabulous doctors who you know, who you've met, Dr. Mm -hmm. Pierre Corey, Dr. Robert Malone, um, uh, Dr. Paul Merrick, Dr. Richard Ur Urso, Dr. John Littell. Oh, did I miss anybody? I hope I didn't miss anybody. We had six altogether here mm -hmm. to educate the yeah, legislators. So yeah, it was so exciting. Now, did you set up that legislative meeting then? Yeah, they had legislative meetings. They had a lot of them. We just kind of took them around. And they also spoke to the committee, to the health committees in both the Senate and the House. Um, so, so did you help with writing the bill or how were you involved in that then? Um, I didn't help with that particular bill. What um, there, There's two that I really got behind. Um, the first day of session, actually, a couple of other uh, mom activists and I went to the legislature in Tennessee and we wanted, my baby was to get a natural immunity bill in place. I wanted a law that said that natural immunity is just as effective or better, right, than anything the shot can give. And so we brought the idea to some legislators and we, we had a, a sponsor day one in the Senate and in the House. Um, the actual drafting of the language of that um, was sort of left to the, the legislators and their staff who looked at other things that had been drafted and put it together. Um, and so then we just championed that and brought in the experts to explain all the wonderful science about natural immunity. Um, and we also wanted to make sure that ivermectin was available and that the doctors would not be punished for prescribing or pharmacists punished for um, dispensing. Um, and there, at the beginning of session, there were two or three um, different bills out there that others had brought forward. And so we just kind of supported the idea and educated and advocated for the use of ivermectin. We brought the studies, we brought in the experts. And then one fabulous senator here in Tennessee, Senator um, Shane Reeves, is a pharmacist. Oh, wonderful. And he said, you know, let me look at this and see if I can make it really workable. So he wrote an amendment that actually made one of the bills that changed it completely to the bill that became law. Wonderful. With this collaborative agreement. And I were very grateful to him for his work. Yeah. And, and now I'm at this stage um, where I'm helping people learn about the law and, and helping pharmacies understand how to, how to put the law in place so they can begin making these sales. I didn't mean to start this program all about that. But. <laughs> well, it's a great review for people who might not know. And I wanted to know, I, you know, 
I stick to the science. So I'm like, yeah, if you guys can do the law part, that just like drains me to think about it. But of course, mm -hmm. it's so, so critical. I'm glad that we have so many people on different aspects. I was just, you know, I get geek reading scientific papers. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so I was reading some scientific papers this afternoon. And, you know, that's where I like to do. Sometimes there's a lot of administrative stuff that gets done. I'm starting a vaccine injury treatment alliance, which I had announced at the, yes. the mandate. And um, there's a lot of administration and I was, I've been just trusting that God is going to bring the administrative people to help me. And mm -hmm. at first it was a little touch and go, but now he's brought some pretty amazing people. So I'm a little bit more comfortable. Um, and then just yeah. again, there's legal issues. And so we'll probably need counsel wow. and, you know, because you know that they're going to try to find something and it's really just an educational um, alliance, you know, mm -hmm. to help practitioners connect and find out information um, and, you know, um, for research collaborations, but also to educate um, those who perceive them to be vaccine injured about um, the science and as well as treatment options, diagnostics, all kinds of stuff. And I know there's a lot of practitioners right now who are like, I'm underwater, I'm feeling so alone. And like, there's so many parts and pieces to these COVID vaccine injuries and everybody's like, where do I start? What do I do? What if this doesn't work? You know, mm -hmm. um, so trying to bring all these experts together. And in fact, last night we did one of our first Zooms and we had uh, Dr. Sabine Hassan, um, who is one of the like nation's best gut experts in the microbiome and uh, Dr. Robin <clears throat> Rose, who's also a gut microbiome person. That was our, our theme for the night. Um, and then Tatiana. So yeah. she's busy this, this um, week. I, I think her last name is um, Umbukanich, but Oh, you know, bless you for Ukrainian. being able to say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Ukrainian. So, um, but, um, and uh, it was just fabulous. And so eventually that will be accessible to our website, which we're getting up and running those sorts of, and that one probably, there was a lot of deep science in that. So that might be more applicable for the practitioners. But one of the things I realized, because we really didn't have that many people show up, and I know people, the end of the year, people have senior day and, you know, all of these things with their kids and stuff. And I thought, well, these practitioners are so busy, but having a resource where they can just go in and, and go, hey, I want to see this one I got help at their leisure. Mm -hmm. right? Like some of these different COVID summits, it's like, if you miss it, did you even know where it was and where did yeah. it go? And they're all named yeah. COVID summits, which one was it? And which one did you say what in? And mm -hmm. so trying to bring some of this really critical information um, and have a centralized source for it is what one of our goals is. I love that. Repeat for me again, and for listeners, the name of this um, organization. Yes, it's Vaccine Injury Dash Treatment Alliance. And so as our website gets up, it'll be vi-ta.org, not up yet, so Google's looking okay. for it, vi-ta.org, or vaccineinjury-treatmentalliance.org. Injury, I'm typing it up so I can repeat it later, Vaccine Injury Treatment Alliance. Well, bless you for doing that. It's so important. Um, I'm going to get a little bitter here. It just is so infuriating that the billions and billions of money spent on these shots and not a penny, not a penny has gone to ensure those who are injured by them are properly supported. It's just mind blowing. And, um, and all of us who are doing this are doing it for free. Like, yeah, I'm working two jobs to try to 
you know, cover my expenses so that Mm -hmm. I can do this for free. And the people who come alongside to support me are also doing it for free. And the people who are presenting are presenting for free. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it's just insane. So I I see money going to a lot of different things. And I just think like, where's the money for this? You know? Where's the money for the injured and, and for finding the solutions? And I love that this Vaccine Injury Treatment Alliance will be a resource for the ever emerging treatments because there's yeah. so much to learn and it's changing all the time. Now, last Friday, we had on Dr. H, Dr. Henley, Dr. Henry Ely, whatever, yeah. however you yeah. pronounce his name, mm-hmm. he's got. Yeah, he was at three- our meeting. We had a meeting yeah. of doctors at, um, in LA and oh, he's it's so powerful. Oh, he's, he's positive energy. Yes. Yeah. And um, he was talking about fasting and, mm-hmm. and sequence of, you know, and so that's the thing. What many people don't realize is this is an alliance of doctors and scientists and practitioners so that we can share information. You get people like me. It's kind of funny, like Tatiana was on last night. And then someone asked her all these questions about diagnostics. She's like, I'm a basic science person. Mm-hmm. You know, so each of us has our role. We yeah. can read the basic science and theorize. And then the practitioners can come in. How would I get a diagnostic mm-hmm. for that? I'm like, I don't know. I can't even, you know, I always have people here. Do you want to look at my lab work? I'm like, no, your lab work means nothing to me. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm theoretical. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, and, and to, for me to collaborate with the doctors so that maybe I can understand that or to look at the epigenetic component. <clears throat> and really the goal is to have sequence treatment and find out what works. And so yeah. we have so many modalities. You've got hyperbaric, yeah. you've got fasting, you've got gut microbiome, um, you know, ivermectin. I mean, there's so many different things. What works, what doesn't, and maybe it's a matter of what works best when. That's what Dr. H was talking about. The fact that you can't, um, you know, you've got all these healing tools, but if you start them too early, the body's just not ready yet to use it. And it could actually make things worse. Um, you know, and I was trying to think of a good, like analogy or metaphor for it. And I, I'm, I'm thinking of maybe like, even like a, just a car. And if you've got a hole in the gas tank, um, and you're trying to just fill it with gas, you're not going to get anywhere because you first, you got to patch the hole. And, and I think that that's, a lot of times people are putting certain nutrients or whatever into an individual who's injured, but until you fix maybe something at a different level structurally or whatever, you, those things right. have, yeah, can't help. Our, our nemesis, yeah. especially we're seeing a ton of this in general, but especially with the COVID vaccine is this mast cell injury where these immune cells have just gone haywire mm-hmm. and they are responding negatively in a, that kind of an allergic reaction way to mm-hmm. everything. So you mm. can't give certain supplements or nutrients that would normally help because it, it sends them into a, a very possibly even life-threatening flare. Wow. And it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, yeah. so you're afraid to recommend anything until we can stabilize these mast cells. And so, you know, what are we looking at? You know, vitamin D is a mast cell stabilizer, you know, deficient in vitamin D or, you know, but like some people, like they're taking a fish oil, vitamin D, like cod liver oil, they're sensitive and have a allergic reaction to it, you know? And so there's different medications that are mast cell stabilizers, second generation antihistamines are mast cell stabilizers. But some people are like, well, I can't even tolerate this antihistamine. Mm. And so I know, um, you know, so and we're looking for different ways to help stabilize people. And uh, and so my one of my next goals is to really bring some people in to look at mast cell activation. And since I'm a, my background is in self signaling, 
I go all the way to the cell signaling. What is, where is the signaling going awry in this mast mm -hmm. cell activation? And I know uh, Dr. Bruce Patterson and, and Yogandra have done work um, with Rantes and, and shutting down that signaling pathway that was aberrant with mast cells um, with Meriborock. So there is some pharmaceutical way to do it. But again, if you don't deal with other things like the gut health and mm -hmm. other things, then, it, you know, actually it's like, it's almost like the spike protein dysregulated the system so much, even when you fix the spike protein component, um, you still are seeing all this dysregulation. It doesn't get rid of it. You know, you and there, to, how to make those cells go back to normal. Yeah, and then, um... <clears throat> There's the fact there's the ongoing, the spike protein in some people is going on and on and on, and it's not sh stopping. So you're continually being assaulted. I, I know an, uh, a woman in Washington state who it was, I think it was early in 2020, one of the first to get the Johnson and Johnson and Johnson shot. And every time she would get um, another test, her antibody levels are up, up, up and up, you know, month after month. Um, it's like it wasn't stopping. And, right. Yeah. Right. And and that's why I think we're seeing a lot of injury in young people because their health cells are really healthy. So they're making a ton of the spike protein and they're showing, um, somebody said that they, in their non-classical monocytes, over 20% of their cells were just stuffed with the spike protein. 20% of their cells? Of their, of their non-classical monocytes, a specific kind of immune cell that oh, they're measuring. Okay that has gone and the spike protein causes their signaling to go awry and sound out wow. all this inflammatory signaling. And so until they get them to clear that spike protein, mm -hmm. um, these immune cells are just like whacked out and doing all this pro-inflammatory signaling. So, but they're not supposed to have any. And the thing is like they, it, some of them had it a year later, you know, mm -hmm. um, still in those cells. And so that's really, wow. really, yeah, concerning. So and mm -hmm. some of them, they were able by treatment to get the cells to break down and destroy that spike protein. Um, but still, a lot of the aberrant signaling was still going on. And so it's, it's more complicated. Once you've got something dysregulated, it's more complicated than just fixing the source of. Mm -hmm. of yeah. I, I love that your alliance is pulling together all the different fields. The, the, um, so we've got virologists, immunologists. Um, and then the, the medical doctors, the, yeah, what am I? people, okay. energy yeah. healing, um, you know, you name it, you know, yeah. um, we've got homeopathy. Yeah. So many, um, so much today in the field of science and medicine, it's so compartmentalized. It's like that classic story of, you know, these wise men out there and they're all blindfolded and they're, they, they're asked to feel something. What is it? And one says it's a, it it's a tree trunk and another mm -hmm. says it's something else, you know, and they're all touching an elephant, right. but because they, you know, they're all concentrating on the part that they're right. touching. They can't see the whole picture. They right. can't see the whole elephant before them. Yeah. Um, and, and that's just so important that we do that, that we get that you holistic really, approach. Right. You really see that. Like when you're with one particular type of practitioner, you're like, you're right. It's all the gut health. And then you get with somebody else and you're like, you're right. It's all, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. a, you know, like it, it's all a deficiency of vitamin D and you're right. It's all like, you know, yeah. I mean, because when you read it, you see all of them are really compelling, but in truth, all of them play an important part and some may be more yes. than others, 
but um, it may differ in each individual depending on their genetic and epigenetic predispositions, yes. their nutrient status, and, and things like that. As much as we would like there to be one magic pill, there ain't no one magic pill. And like the hour before, Tatiana was explaining how that, um, is it LPS of some of the bacteria in your gut can destroy vitamin D. So so you've got this situation where, yeah, gut biome is important and it's important for vitamin D. So there's those two fields of thought of it. Yeah, it's the gut biome. No, it's vitamin D. Well, it's both. Right. Because they impact each other. Bacteria like certain lactobacillus and um, uh, I'm trying to think if it was a lactobacillus or bifido actually upregulate vitamin D receptor. And Mm. so the status of your gut microbiome determines the expression of your vitamin D receptor and whether you're going to even respond to vitamin D. Whereas mold, um, I believe, either downregulates vitamin D receptor or causes vitamin D to be degraded. And Mm. so if you've got mold toxicity or mold problem, you can take all the vitamin, you know, you're degrading your vitamin D before it can be used. So mm-hmm. there's so many different interplays that are going on here that um, maybe have been overlooked. And so it's such a global picture and restoring yeah. the whole system can, can be challenging. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people think that they're not going to get better. They're not going to get better until they are better because it's like a little incremental stepwise process as you build up all these different systems until they can start interacting properly and signaling properly. Wow. Can you give some examples to give some people hope? Um, if you've seen them, it's still early on this recovering people phase, uh, phase of somebody with a particular injury, and then they've been recovered by certain steps. Do you have any stories? Well, yeah, I know. I'm hoping to feature Angela Walbrecht on our, um, at, on our um, page and probably on a Zoom when we start launching our page. Um, because her story, she says she almost died five times. She was in the emergency room, I think she said within 12 hours. I mean, I I think it was like within minutes of getting the vaccine in a life-threatening condition. Mm -hmm. So she was very, very severely injured according to her testimony. And um, I know she has has a a very thorough multidimensional protocol that she did by going to different doctors who specialize in different things and addressing Mm -hmm. all these different issues. And I think first she um, was on um, a very high dose of antihistamines and mast cell stabilizers to get that under control, which I'm a more natural person. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds really scary to me, but when you're thinking you're going to die, I guess that's, and that's what the doctors recommended, a very, very high dose. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that helped stabilize her. But she's also done, you know, rebuilding her gut microbiome. She's done bone broth, which we know is so healing for the gut. Yes. Um, she's done fasting, which does help normalize. Even now, I think she said she's only eating one meal a day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that fasting is really good for helping the body break down the spike protein. I believe she did do um, the Marivarock, I, I believe. She did a protocol, I think, under um, Patterson. And that's my understanding. I'd have to look yeah. at that to make sure. Can you break can down you, that spike protein? Yeah, tell me that. Say that again, Molly. The Marivarock is the drug that I believe, I'm not sure if that's, actually causes the spike protein to be broken down. I know it prevents that inflammatory signaling by the non-classical monocytes that are filled with spike protein. So they're trying to shut down that whole system. So I'd have to look into that science a little bit more, but it's uh, Bruce Patterson and um, Ram Yogandra. Um, I think that it's at USPSF. Um, yeah, okay. I'd have to check that. But they did, they're doing work on, um, on basically and- blocking that signaling pathway. 
And that's an ex an existing licensed drug that's being repurposed for this? Or is it right, a new right. drug? It's, okay. it's a signaling drug. It blocks a signaling pathway. So okay. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what I don't know what its status is actually. Um, okay. I know they're doing clinical trials, so I don't know if it's widely available if you're not in one of their trials or not. I'm not really sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm wondering. Question. I need to find out. I didn't think about it. Well, um, you just wonder because you know we're about completely sure that this spike protein was created in a lab, that this virus was man altered. And so I'm a big believer like you of natural healing and natural approaches to things. Sometimes you wonder though, if, if mankind has interfered too much with nature, if how much, if nature can, I believe nature can overcome just about anything, but do you have time for nature to learn and adapt and, and, and get where you need to, to well, go with that. Um, you know, we've got to stabilize the system in these people. When someone's, you know, yeah. um, dying, I mean, you, you know, inject their heart with epinephrine. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, go, oh, I think I'll give them some herbs. I mean, if you, if you were an herbalist and you knew what would revive them, fine. The rest of us are like, give me some epinephrine. Yeah. Epinephrine, inject into their heart. I mean, not, you know, doctors. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, my daughter has seizures and she's on anti-seizure meds. Yes, mm -hmm. I would love to find something that isn't a pharmaceutical, but, you know, these are the ones that, you know, have been used for years and, and they work. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, there's always that balance. And um, yeah, yeah. Like Dr. Michael uh, Gaeta, I love him. He was on, was he last week as well? Or a week before, I've lost track of time, but he coined the phrase nature first, drugs last. So, you know, acknowledging the role that drugs have to play, a very important role. Often it's in a very acute situation where something is going wrong and it's just out of control, um, but otherwise reach for nature first or get the drug to stop the acute and then you move on to nature to do the real healing, you know. And that's, you know, it's funny. I think people really have a disconnect there. Um, you know, if I tell someone, you know, make yourself some soup with real bones, they mm -hmm. look at me like, no, I want you to fix my problem. And I'm like, okay, do you want the four hour lecture? <laughs> yeah. You know, because I can give you one on why this works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or do you just really want to go make some soup? And they're like, okay, <laughs> is it, it's not a drug. Well, you told me you didn't want drugs. Well, I know, but it, it, it really can't be that simple. You know, yeah. and sometimes it is yeah. like vitamin C, vitamin D sufficiency, um, you know, magnesium, um, it, and, yeah. and bone broth. I mean, there is a reason why for centuries they have given bone broth soup yeah. to the injured. There's a reason. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it is. It, there's sayings going back centuries that like bone broth can bring, bring you back from the oh, brink of death. Dead, and, yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty close um, to it, right? Yeah. And I, I hope this isn't like an politically incorrect to say, because you never know what to say, but it's been called like Jewish penicillin over the years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is the good uh, homemade chicken bone broth. And it's so easy to make. I make it in my slow cooker and, um, and it's delicious. Uh, I know. And it's like, you know, make yourself some egg drop soup or something, you know, and it's like, yeah. oh, that's, you know, that's terrible medicine. I can't. Yeah. yeah, well, and, and so, um, but knowledge is power, though, and I, I can see the more people understand um, 
why something is good for them. Like we were talking about apples with Tetian last hour about what, you know, the healing power of apples of what they can do. And I've already forgotten. So forgive me. I know. Um, I, I, I was at that lecture. It was a while ago. Yeah. Now I can't remember it either, but I remember thinking, I got the take home. I need to eat more apples. More apples. Yeah. Very good. And, and you know, the bone broth, what it does to heal the gut and the collagen. And I mean, just so many wonderful nutrients to, to heal the gut. And when you know the science of it, I think it empowers you to make lifestyle changes, you know, and, and the hardest thing for humans is to create new habit, right? You know, and we, food is such an emotional choice. You know, we, we bond with foods we grew up with. And if you grow up with, you know, pop tart or something, that's what you reach for when you're stressed. You want that comfort food. And so creating these new habits and beginning to really understand. So for me, and that's, you know, part of what I try to do to educate is and help people understand why you want to make that choice. Right. And then you appreciate it more. And there's that, that value. I discovered bone broth because of my son's milk allergy and many other allergies. And I wanted to make sure he got all the nutrients he needed. And so this was 19 years ago. And, and that's when I discovered Sally Fallon and the um, Tradition. Nourishing Traditions and Weston Price Foundation. So much of the wonderful stuff in Weston Price, their recipes I couldn't do because of the multiple food allergies, but bone broth. I'm there. I could do bone oh, broth. And yeah. then now we know like the glutamine in it is helping to seal the, the, the gap junctions, you know, and, and seal that leaky gut. Mm -hmm. And so it's more than just even, even they knew with Sally Fallon and our nutrition nutrition to just keep getting layer upon layer of finding out why. And it's got the minerals there, you know, and it's things like, um, you know, um, Sabine Hazan was saying how, you know, these people and you know, it's kind of a chicken or the egg thing people who are getting really severe COVID apparently just have no gut microbiome, no diversity. Mm -hmm. They're really, really um, depleted. Mm -hmm. And they're probably the same people who are susceptible to vaccine injury. And, um, and also that they have no signaling. So, you know, butyrate and propionate, and I think there's one more, um, starts with an A, there's three really important signaling molecules. Well, where does butyrate come from? It comes from butter. Right. Mm. And our bacteria, our gut bacteria will make it in response to what we eat. But mm -hmm. we also have to remember that some of these things were in our natural foods. And how many years has butter been demonized? I remember I was in graduate school. I was probably in my 20s. So this is a while ago. And I had margarine on the counter. And I was like, what is that? Is that even food? I mean, is it plastic? Like molecularly, it's closer to plastic, isn't it? And like, <laughs> I don't know what it is. You know what? I'm not eating it anymore. Yeah. And butter is considerably more expensive right yeah like, this is not food like what am I thinking because sometimes we have habits you know and your mm -hmm. parents form the habit because margarine is very inexpensive and you have to stop and think about it and I was like I'm not eating that anymore and now we know that things like butyrate have important signaling molecules we think of the gut as somewhere that just digests our food and absorbs calories but it's got it's such an important signaling center mm -hmm. of our entire body and those signaling molecules are so, so, so important. And when you disrupt that gut signaling, it dysregulates the entire body. Yeah. And then it, it's funny how you learn. So you go like, say, from the margarine to the real butter, and then you realize not all butter is created equal. It depends on what the cow ate, what the cow was right. exposed to, you know. And so then if you're getting the good grass-fed um, cows, you know, milk from cows that only ate grass, then you're getting a another 
deeper, better quality of the product. I mean, you are what the cow eats in essence. Right. You know? well, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting to me as a Christian reading the Bible when I'm talking about clean versus unclean animals. Mm -hmm. And um, what's interesting about the animals that we're supposed to eat, such as deer or cows or, or things like that, um, is that they all um, ferment their food. Mm. Um, what do you call that? They chew the cud. They say yeah. you know, it has to chew the cud. Mm -hmm. And that means that that food is fermenting. And what happens when it ferments? It makes a vast array of signaling molecules, vitamins, neurotransmitters, everything. And those are conveyed, one, in the milk of the animal, but also like in the meat and, and whatnot. And so those animals are going to have a much more diverse array of the nutrients that we need because their gut bacteria are making it mm -hmm. than say something that was not um, chewing the cud, not fermenting their food. And so it, you know, it's, yeah. again, that sort of confirmation that there's more going on here than we're aware. Yeah. And science sort of validating whether you want to call it a religion or a tradition um, mm -hmm. that people have done. Yeah, it, I, I love when science begins to give explanations for the wisdom of grandma, the wisdom of, you know, ancient ways. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they might not have known the science behind what they were doing. They just knew that when they did things this well, this in a certain way, people were healthier, happier, prospered, fertility was good, you know, so they just paid attention. They didn't have, you know, smartphones and everything to distract them. Well, you, you know, if you don't have all this modern entertainment, what do you do? You probably have a lot more time for reflection and wondering why that neighbor over there is sickly all the time and the neighbor over here is not. And you do a little research and figure out what's going on, some observation. And you're like, you know, I think I'm going to eat the way the healthy guy eats. <laughs> well, and I think for passing down those traditions, sitting around, telling those stories, passing on the traditions, kind of internship, I think we had like a really big transition sort of um, when, you know, and it was kind of a transition to secularism too, where we made sort of man the measure of all things. And uh, we also made sort of um, this idea of science, but science divorced from religion, divorced from anything supernatural or spiritual, right? It was mm -hmm. kind of a concreteism. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, where everything had to be uh, materialism, right? Very materialistic. And and then there was this idea that we kind of promoted that um, whatever it has to be, like A goes to B, and nothing is true unless we say it is, like unless mm -hmm. we test it in a lab. So whatever grandma knew, it's not mm -hmm. true because, you know, she Nobody, didn't test yeah. it in a lab or whatever. Yeah. Right? And so we we really got off track with this. It, I don't know if I want to call it hyper-intellectualism, mm -hmm. um, the way that we do science, because one, we, we just cut out the supernatural as if like there isn't evidence of God. I mean, it's silly. If you look at how complex the human body is, it's laughable to think that there's not an intelligent creator. It's just absolutely insanity. Oh, I was planting seeds the other day and the little seedlings. How does this tiny little thing have inside of it the instructions to turn itself into this one will turn itself into broccoli this one will turn itself into a radish i mean talk about the miracle of creation that uh, and that's, you know. a, that's a plant that's not even a new baby i know right right that touches yeah. one cell and makes all of these different 
And every time I go back to the scientific literature, there's another level of regulation. And the people in computer science have said, this makes us look like we're in like preschool, you know, mm. because there are so many different levels of regulation that we don't have in, in our technology at all. Our body is way, 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 like hundreds of times more complex than, than the best technology that we have because there, there's all of these different layers of regulation. And that's why when we think we're gonna add a vaccine and we know what we're doing, no, because we haven't no. even, like when I was in graduate school, we were just uh, figuring out what different receptors signaled in the immune system. We didn't even know what they did. And so now when I go back to the scientific literature, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, okay, they finally figured out that pathway. They figured out this pathway and, you know, finally. And it's like, we, we were giving vaccine, not even knowing the receptors yeah. that the immune system used to function. Yeah. So yeah. like the idea that we have any idea what we're doing, no, no, no. We don't. Yeah, yeah, there's no humility there. Um, I, you know, it's tempting to just kind of follow the way of the Amish and just go back to basic, go to the earth and do things naturally. Um, yeah, just, so uh, moving forward though, so what can we do? You, we've got, uh, we've got like 20 minutes here, uh, maybe 15, where, how can people help? You are entering this so needed arena with the Vaccine Injury Treatment Alliance. How, how can individuals help you? What's needed? So first, please pray. If you are a person that is all spiritual, send good energy, visualize, whatever it is that you do, uh, please do that for us because that God would bring the right people. I mean, we need websites, you know, developers, we need a treasurer, somebody to deal with the money, we need counsel, you know, lawyers to tell us the best way to go about this. Um, and we need all of these different things, administrative people, everyone to come on board, because right now, I mean, there's no money here. It's just, just us deciding we're going to do it. So okay. I'm praying that God would bring all of those people. And once we get everything to a launchable stage, um, we're going to launch it. And then that website will have a contribute button on it. Um, our plan right now, and this could change as we, you know, interact with administrative and legal people, is to, we'll have kind of separate pages or platforms for the um, the medical professionals as to the, the vaccine injured. And so, you know, you'll have like a landing page, it'll have some general information, but then for like a membership, which we want to keep it really affordable, maybe $10, $15 a month, you will have access to um, all this information. So once you are a member, you log in, you'll have access to treatment protocols and diagnostics and links to different pages and all of this different information, but also to Zooms that might be every week or twice, you know, whatever it is that we come up with by different medical professionals like Henry Ely or whatever, mm -hmm. talking about um, different aspects of healing. And eventually it's not, it's not just going to be COVID vaccine injury because people are so ill. We're starting with that because people are literally still dying of vaccine injuries a year after the vaccine. Mm -hmm. So um, we're focusing on that right now, but we're planning on also having information, you know, the childhood schedule, like I really have done a deep dive into that information about that for people. And so that will all be um, segregated, you know, so that you can find what you're looking for, things mm -hmm. to share with neighbors or whatever. And, and also talks about that, talks about the aluminum, how to get aluminum out of your body, whatever it might be. So we're going to have all of that um, for that membership, you know, and then we'll have wow. a membership section for the practitioners where mm -hmm. they will um, interact with each other and working groups and continually because this is a constant, you know, evolution of finding what works. 
for mm -hmm. all of these different vaccine injuries, whether we're talking about childhood or, or spike or me mediated or long hauler or whatever it is. And some of them may not even be specifically vaccine injury. We know that glyphosate is really screwing us up in so many ways. It's um, mm -hmm. you know, one of the most insidious things we have. And so it might be, you know, we're talking about pots or pandas or you mm -hmm. know, these things that are sometimes triggered by a vaccine, but other times can be triggered by just our toxic overload or dysregulated epigenetics or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So there'll be a vast array of topics that um, we will be addressing because I'm interested in all of them. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and so um, for your membership fee, you know, and then we'll have, again, the doctors working, hashing out behind the scenes. Um, mm -hmm. you know, constantly collaborating, you know, just onward and upward. That's the vision, mm -hmm. the for the vision. And um, we'll probably launch on the high wire. Nice. You know, okay. and so, cause that has a really great outreach. So kind of look for that. And, you know, okay. if you watch the high wire every week, you probably won't miss us launching. Yeah. And, uh, and then you can go to that page and, uh, you know, contribute or, or become a member. And I mm -hmm. think it's going to be, um, the idea is that to, for it to be a community for everyone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I so love that. So let's repeat again, because this is in the um, on the radio, AM radio in the greater Puget Sound area. So a lot of wonderful people in Washington State who have great skills that I'm sure would love um, to find the place to volunteer to help. And then, of course, this is on CHDTV, a big audience here, potentially globally. So you are looking for individuals with different skills, business type skills, really, to get you really? going. Yeah. So you're needing a website person? Yep. Well, and, and you said you need an attorney? Yeah, some we could legal? use some legal advice, definitely. Legal? I'm looking at possibly setting up a private membership organization versus a 503C, you know, so, four or three or whatever, you know. Yeah, okay. And then you'll need people that can help deal with membership, take care of those details. Yeah. Um, what else did you say you need? You probably need some, um, we need a finance person, finance person contributing. Like, I don't want to be responsible for all of that. Like, you know, okay. You'll, you'll need bookkeeper treasurer kind yeah. of person to help with those finance. You're setting up a whole business. Yeah. Um, and I yeah. just want to do the science really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got great people and I love that, you know, the, so many people that I've talked with, even people who don't normally use the language, um, God language, are saying this is a God thing. Yeah. This is this is good versus evil. This is finding our way out of out of darkness into the light. Um, and I'm gonna back up just a bit because when you were talking about um about how science and, and even culture had really moved to separate science and religion mm -hmm. and made things like everything was just concrete as if it didn't have the spiritual component. I like, I, component. energetic, yeah. when you think about it this the way though, we invented microscopes that are so powerful. We can look into the atom and deep into the sub atom. I don't know the language right now. I used to, but I don't. And when you look closely enough, there's nothing there but energy. Right, exactly. It's all energy. Mm -hmm. So there, however you perceive that energy, tap into that energy, right. how we're all connected, at some point, you got to give it up and say, there's something very powerful here. <laughs> 
And, well, and it's um, funny because we've got our cell phone signals and all of this stuff is frequency and energy. And yet we're like, oh, energy, that's not real. Like, what? what? You know, yeah. Like, what part yeah. of your brain are you thinking out of? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That energetic uh, component is so missing. And in fact, the um, what I feel is sort of part of that is like human intuition. Our ability to be in a circumstance and then our whole body at times is resonating saying, oh, this is wonderful. I usually get the chills. I get goosebumps when right. something um, really that I just feel like, wow, that's it. That's going to be wonderful. It's going to get us there. It's usually positive things that give me goosebumps. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and then if it's a negative thing, I get a gut reaction. Mm-hmm. energetically that, you know, and Tatiana and I were talking about earlier that stress can, you know, cause like inflammation and all that. And I've always yeah, you should have been on our last DDCH. We were talking yeah, about I know. physical things. So I, you yeah. missed out. and it actually went really long too. Once we got going, you know, I really wished I wanted to attend that one. Darn there. Yeah. Um, I have to interject though, because it's really interesting. Like this has been my passion. You know, I've been a BBCH. This is not something new for me. Like I just kind of popped in and thought, oh, I think I'll study this for a month or two. And, um, and so many of you who are not even scientists are working so hard to understand these mechanisms as well. I have such respect, but in any case, like, so it was already in my heart, but it's really interesting. It was like, how God brought me to someone who was vaccine injured. And it was just the right person who happened to be planning to defeat the mandates who had access to react 19 wanted me to bring these doctors. in. do you know what I mean? He's like, mm-hmm. God just like put all the people together. And then yeah. all of a sudden I'm here and I'm like, uh Oh, yeah. So I'm like, okay, God, you put me here. So like, you know, my passion was already there, but like, yeah. um, that means you need to figure out all these things that aren't my, um, yeah, uh, aren't my in my wheelhouse or whatever. But I was just with Mickey Willis. Oh, and, love him. Um, doing an interview, and he wanted to show us something. And I said, "Well, why don't you just hook your cell phone to the TV and just pop that in right there?" He's like, "Well, I don't have any idea how to do anything like that. I'm really not very technical." <laughs> and I was like, "Really? Like, you know, you're, you're a, a documentary producer, aren't? Don't you do like video stuff all day? You know." So it's really interesting. So it actually made me feel better because it made me feel like I, I see him as a very successful, talented mm-hmm. person. So it made me realize, okay, well, maybe I don't have to know how to do everything. You don't. Do I do well and, and yeah. try to bring other people there. We don't have to do it all. I think we serve truth or mission, whatever you want to call this best, when we follow our passion for where we belong and, you know, um, and and then and then trust that other people will will who love to do other things. There's people who love to do things I find so tedious I could not do it, but it just makes them happy, you know. Um, and that's that's really the beauty of it is we all have our mission in life, and that's where we belong. And just kind of kind of trust that. And and you know, like you, I was sort of on this mission before. I I love the science, and I'm just an amateur at the science, but. But what I have loved for years now is I've met people like Dr. James Lyons-Weiler and Tatiana and so many others is they have never like looked down on me or said anything to say, oh, you, you don't have a PhD. You, you can't understand that. You're not an MD. I have never been treated that way. They may say, no, Bernadette, you don't quite understand. Let me give you the science a bit more and they'll explain it more. But they trust and help me see they 
that I have common sense. Right. As Great scientists generally are not derisive or yeah. arrogant at all because no. we have struggled on our own to understand the science, to get it to work in the lab, and they just generally aren't. Now, I yeah. can't really speak for MDs, but generally scientists aren't. And so, yeah, no. just so then when I'm online and somebody's like being derisive with me, I'm like, you know, telling me, well, that paper is too old. Old papers are garbage. And I'm like, and you know what about science? Like, yeah. you know, that just, yeah. they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and there's been such a big movement, though, not, I don't think it's coming from the scientific world. It's coming from those who would like to control us. There's mm -hmm. been some articles like in Forbes and other places that pretty much says, don't trust yourself, trust the experts. There was a book, I was at the airport, and it was like, why you need to trust the science. I was like, okay, yeah. who paid for that to be? Yeah, yeah. Like, really? Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, and we need to get, I'm, I'm going to have a, um, there's a gal that I recently met here in my little town in, in Tennessee, who I'm excited to bring on, she might be coming on next week, um, all about intuition and getting back to that and trusting that, you know, it's just, it, it's about the energy, trusting who you are, trusting your own intelligence, it's about kindness, it's about grace, it's about learning from each other. Yeah, I think a lot of people feel like we're, we're doing a paradigm shift here. And in mm -hmm. fact, my, my business is New Health Paradigm um, because it's, there's more going on here than just a pandemic or illness. Like it's a spiritual war and, mm -hmm. and things like intuition have to come into it. They do. The things that they've been trying to squelch, um, religion, intuition, parental rights, so much of that that we have to take back. And one of the things I love about our community, which is so, so broad and, and diverse from all walks of life, every race, creed, color, sexual orientation, our movement is there. And it's a movement of love. It really is. We have this common ground of being of mutual respect and just wanting to have integrity, uh, respect for each other, true health, um, and and it's just it's this it's this marvelous thing. And I believe it's going to bring us a lot of success. It's going to bring us to the next phase of humanity. Really, that's that's great. But we got a lot of work to do, and. Um, We've got uh, just a couple more minutes, so let's return uh, for the last minutes to your outreach here to the audience, again, of give them um, places to go, how to contact you. If they want to help you with this alliance, how to contact you. Yeah, I guess I hadn't really thought of that. So, um, boy, I mean, a lot of people <laughs> know me, so if you know anybody in the movement, just keep going, how can I get in touch with Dr. Parks? But um, yeah. <laughs> I do have a telegram page. The best place to find me is probably Facebook. Okay. I don't actually post much on Facebook. I post my telegram link on Facebook. And so maybe I can do that. Um, okay. So that people want to find my telegram page. So I do post science and different topics on, um, on telegram. It's really hard to search for my telegram page for some reason. So that's why I okay. post on Facebook. And I'm really bad about repeating guest names. This is Christina Parks, by right. the way. <laughs> Christina. So, yeah, you can find me Christina, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Parks, P-A-R-K-S. There's no doctor, just Christina Parks on Facebook. Okay. And a lot of people PM me. I generally check them every day. And unfortunately, I get a lot of people wanting 
a lot of help because they're injured or whatever, but, um, and I apologize that I can't get to all of those people, mm -hmm. but if you're offering your services for free, I will get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's wonderful. And if you're having trouble getting hold of her, feel free to email me through um, right. Informed Yeah, I don't well. want to say my email publicly, but yeah, that's okay. I can definitely give it to Bernadette and she can have it if you can yeah. it to her. I'll, I'll, I'll screen for you, Christina. <laughs> Send people on to you. I so, know yeah, a lot of people at CHD know me, so I mean. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're well known in our community and it's, um, it, it's really a good thing. And we've got just, we've got a couple more minutes here uh, before Eric plays the music off. Um, what are your favorite places to go? Do you have a Substack yet? Tatiana has a Substack at daily uh, immunology for daily living. Do you have one yet? No, I've just been so overwhelmed with everything going on and now getting this up and running. I hope to, I really do like writing. Mm -hmm. I really like um, you know, getting that information out there. So eventually, you know, I have put some stuff on Telegram, but it's just one more thing I need to do, but I right. do hope eventually to have a Substack. Yeah. So if, if potentially somebody out there would like to sort of help you, so you could have somebody help edit and post to Substack, because I can envision maybe the Vaccine Injury Treatment Alliance having a Substack page because you can bring in some money because people will subscribe to you and that might be a funding. Right. Yeah. I imagine we will. And we may have many of the different practitioners contributing to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yeah, would be great. Yeah. All righty. I, I hear it's about time for us to go. Well, Christina Parks, thank you so much for coming on the show. Keep us posted um, on all the good work you're doing. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Uh, you betcha. You've been listening to an Informed Life Radio on 1150 AM KKNW. We will see you next week. During this unprecedented response to an infection outbreak, it has been made very clear that shutting down lives and businesses is not sustainable or repeatable. We've also learned that it's unnecessary. Treatments exist and always exist. For 99% of the population, nutrients and oxidative therapies that support the immune system and improve symptoms are always available to address viral infections. For the less than 1% who need more, inexpensive, unpatentable drugs can be added to the nutrient therapies to improve outcomes. It's time each and every one of us empower ourselves with this knowledge. We need not ever bring our lives to a halt again. We can both save lives and retain the liberty that nourishes us body and soul. Learn more at healthyimmunitynow.org. That's healthyimmunitynow.org. Are you suffering from a sinking feeling that the COVID-19 pandemic is being blown out of proportion and that nothing in the news is making any sense? If so, then there is a fact-based, science-driven news show designed just for you. My name is Del Bigtree, and I am the host of The High Wire, the world's most trusted news source in digital media when it comes to accurate, science-based reporting on the COVID-19 pandemic. From COVID-19 vaccine development to mask mandates, school shutdowns to job layoffs, The High Wire goes beyond providing you with the most accurate, evidence-based investigations. We send you links to the sources for all of our reporting so that you can further your own investigation and come to your own informed conclusions. 
high above the agenda-driven circus of mainstream media, we do not run. We do not hide from the truth. Instead, we walk the high wire. If you care about truth, then join us on Instagram, Twitter, Roku, and our website, thehighwire.com. Informed Choice Washington is a nonprofit organization that advocates for healthy immunity, medical freedom, and fully informed medical consent. The right to make medical choices without coercion is fundamental to our civil liberties and a basic principle in all human rights declarations. To learn more, tune in each Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. to an Informed Life Radio and visit the website informedchoicewa.org. It's time to take a stand for medical freedom. Go to informedchoicewa.org today. The views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and not necessarily those of KKNW, its management, or other advertisers. Contests are the responsibility of the hosts of this program and not KKNW. This is Alternative Talk 1150 AM, KKNW Seattle, and KNUC 98.9 HD3 Seattle. Well, good afternoon. Eric Ryder here with you on KKNW. We're approaching 5 o'clock. Time for a quick look at our traffic. Northbound I-5 just north of the I-90 interchange in Seattle is slow. Then you've got heavy traffic from Snohomish to Marysville. Uh, but otherwise, northbound through Seattle looking pretty good. Southbound I-5 finding congestion now North Gateway on down to the I-90 interchange. And 405 at this hour southbound slow through Bellevue and Newcastle. Northbound some hesitation in Tequila. Quick look at the south end, southbound I-5 from Federal Way through Fife down 